0: Last week of our vision series, but it's not the last week of our vision, amen. Yeah. <clears throat> so, we started this vision series two weeks ago uh, with the powerful Māori proverb, Kamua Kamuri, which means walking backwards into the future. And how are we going there, Kieran? Got those sorted? Excellent, you're a legend. This proverb encouraged us to, encourages us to look to the past to inform us of our future. It speaks of a journey that has been and a journey that is yet to come and for us to take. So over the past two weeks, we've looked at the journey that we've been on. And we are looking at the journey that we have ahead of us. Uh, you're a couple of slides early. There, Kieran, if you want to bring it back to the photos, please, mate. There we go. The journey that we've been on took us from this land in 1973, was purchased in 1978 to what it looks like today, for those of you who weren't here in week one. So that's a 50-year transformation of this property, but we're not done yet. The word for this year is nexus which means connected momentum. And at the end of the service, uh, every, every household's gonna get one of these. It's a fridge magnet. Anyone else love fridge magnets? Excellent, well, this one's a big one, so I hope you got plenty of room on your fridge. This is so that every time, every time you go to the fridge, it's not gonna say that's gonna connect to your hips, it's actually about, about momentum, okay? Or it might say if you're gonna eat that, you need momentum to burn it off. I don't know, but put it on your fridge anyway. <laughs> But what does it mean, Nexus, this connected momentum? It is a series of connections linking two or more people, or things, or events. It is a central or focal point that activates and releases. It gathers and it releases people on their journey. And I so love what Amber said last week. In week one, I I used the New York, Times Square, New York uh, subway station as the nexus for the whole of the New York subway. And Amber, who's actually been there, said last week, you know, the only people who aren't lost in that subway station are locals. And you know what? If you've been part of this church for a long time, you are so important to everyone who is new and yet to come because you're a local and you can help people find their place and find their way, not just here because we all need to know where the toilets are occasionally, but you get to help people find their place and find their way in God. Be a local, be a local. Anyway, that's not in my notes. It's appropriate to use the word journey in this whole message series because the word vision is not about a destination. Vision is about a journey that God has on us. Vision is about calling and mission, a walk of faith into everything that God has called us to. So we've looked to where we've been We've looked to where we are, and today we're going to look at the journey that God has before us. So before we go anywhere else, let's just pray, and let's just bring this as an offering before the Lord. Amen? Come on, let's lean in. Holy Spirit, Lord, we pause and focus. Lord, we we don't empty our mind, but we fill our spirit of you. We lean into you. I, I love how the Scripture teaches us to set our face like flint. Towards you, And so, Lord, we look to you. You are the author and the finisher and everything in between. The heavens are your throne and the earth is your footstool. You are the supreme sovereign authority in all of heaven and earth and all of life. And so, as we dig into this together this morning, Holy Spirit, we need you here. We know that you are here by the word of God. It says, if there's two or more gathered in your name, you're in a midst. So, we know by the word that you're here but Lord, my prayer is that we would all know that you are here by encounter in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, as, as I said two weeks ago, I just want to uh, acknowledge if you are new here to Elam or if you're visiting today, or you know what? Maybe if you've been long time Elam family, it doesn't really matter. Maybe even you're asking God you're here today because you're actually seeking. You're asking God, where do you want me planted? Because the scriptures teach us that God plants us in a place we're not called to be tumbleweeds in the kingdom of heaven. We're called to be planted. My prayer and my hope is that not only will this morning be informative, but actually it will plant something in your hearts from which you can run into everything that God has for you. And you know what? If today you are just simply visiting, you've just, you've just come because you want to come to church and you're joining us just for one day. Look, honestly, please don't feel like this morning is not for you. Because actually, I I think there might be something in this that you can take home with you. And so uh, I want to say welcome to everybody. And actually, welcome to everyone online. Can we give it up for everyone who's joining us online this morning, family and international? It's good to have you here. It's good to have you here, both local and from whatever city or nation you're joining from. You are welcome. Right, so let's jump in. I want to quote Amber from last week. She had some good stuff to say, eh? She's a great preacher. This is one of the things. Our present is yesterday's vision. That's profound, eh? We are living and we are experiencing things now because people were brave enough to dream and to say yes to God yesterday. You know, our school, uh, our Super Kids Holiday Program, our Wellspring Counseling Ministry, uh, this church. If you are 40 years old or younger you are living in someone's vision and dream for you from yesterday for today. I use the 40 because that's how old this, this building's just over 40. So. so if you are 40 years and younger, this, the school, everything that's happened in this place is some, was someone's dream, something that they prayed into and sacrificed for, and we get to live in it. Then Amber also said this. She said, our present is yesterday's vision Our present is tomorrow's past. Profound. And so she asked us these two questions. What are we doing in the present for the future generations? And what are we dreaming now that they can live in? They are very good questions for us to take home and chew over. See, Psalm 78 verses 5 through 8 says this. He decreed statutes for Jacob, and he established the law in Israel, which he commanded our ancestors To teach their children so the next generation would know them, even the children yet to be born. And they in turn would tell their children, then they would put their trust in God and would not forget his deeds, but would keep his commandments. This is really important because whilst our children may not have experienced the miracles of God, if we tell them... They know the story, kamua kamuri, look back or walk backwards into the future, tell the stories. We need to look at the journey that we've been on, that we are on right now and where we are going with a deep understanding of this, that the principle of sowing and reaping is as profound today as it was the day it was written in the word of God. You see, we reap today because others sowed yesterday. What has been sowed? What is it that they sowed? Well, they sowed their time. They sowed their talents and they sowed their treasure. We have what we have because people yesterday sowed. So if we come back to the understanding of vision being a journey and not a destination, then we also need to understand that sowing and reaping does not stop. But it continues, and this was established right at the get-go in the Word of God in Genesis chapter 8, the very first book of the Bible, verse 22 says this, so long as the earth exists, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night, will not cease. You know, the life and ministry of this church is only successful and healthy because of what has been sown and reproduced. That's a really important word. You see, everything in life, everything that you are invested in, not just your faith, but in your home life, in your business life, in your schooling life, whatever, in your sports life, everything that you have invested in is only as healthy and as strong and as and successful as what has been sown yesterday. And... I gave you a principle out of Genesis chapter 8. Let me take you all the way back to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1 verse 11 says this, Then God said, Let the earth bring forth grass, the herb that yields seed, and the fruit tree that yields fruit, according to its kind, whose seed is in itself on the earth, and it was so. We need to understand something spectacularly important and profound today. And if you will let this sink into your soul and sink into your spirit, I believe, I'm convinced it will change your future. And this is it. We need to understand. We needed to understand. That's good English. We need to understand that health or weakness is passed forward. Health or weakness, good or bad is all passed forward. You don't sow a seed today to harvest something six years ago. You sow a seed today to harvest something in the harvest time which is ahead of you. You don't train as an athlete to go to the 1972 Olympics. You train as an athlete to go to the 19, oh, the 19, gosh. <laughs> the um, 2024 or 25, when is the Olympics 2024? So we're not done yet. The vision is a journey. It's ongoing. And you know what? It's going to keep going and keep going and keep going. Why? Because Jesus hasn't come back yet. John chapter 3, verse 16. We all know this as Christians. It, it just it rolls off our tongue like Christian cliche, but it is beyond cliche. It is eternally and cosmically powerful. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only Son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. This Bible verse is past, present, and future. It is the past of the church. It is the present of the church, and it is the future of the church. It is God's plan to save eternity from eternal separation from Him. But I need to say this this morning. It is not an eternal plan. This plan has a timeline, and that timeline stops the day Jesus returns, I remember I encountered a man some years ago who said he was a believer. And he said, there are those out there who can tell you the date and the day that they got saved. And I was like, 16th of July, 1982. And he said, you are a blessed man. And I said, well, when are you going to know? And he said, I don't know, probably the day I stand before Jesus. And everything inside me was screaming, it will be too late. This is past, present, and future that everyone who believes. Jesus did, Jesus did what no one else could do. He lived a perfect life. He died for us, and then he conquered death by coming back to life. It is his resurrection that led to our reconciliation with God, and that is good news. And that's good news that we should not keep to ourselves. As believers, as God's church, there are three things that we need to remember about this gospel message. Number one is this, God loves everyone. Everyone. There is no job description. There is no tick list. There is no standard. There's no degree. There's no certificate. He loves everyone. John 3.16 says it. It doesn't say that God loves some. It doesn't say that God's a selective God. It says that he loves the world. God's heart is for all people. The gospel is for everyone. So God loves everyone. Number two, God wants everyone. He doesn't just love everyone. He wants everyone. 2 Peter 3, 9, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promises. Some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with... Someone say me. He's patient with me. Actually, the scriptures say he's patient with you, but we need to make this personal... He's patient with me, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. God loves everyone. God wants everyone. His promises to come back for His people. And God always keeps His promises. We might grow impatient, but He wants to give everyone an opportunity to know Him personally. He loves everyone. He wants everyone. But guess what? Believer? Anyone in the house of Believer today, give me a show of hands. All right, not every hand went up. I'm excited about the altar call. (laughs) God loves everyone. God wants everyone. Guess what? God sends everyone. The last thing Jesus told his disciples before he rose to heaven was this. Go make disciples everywhere actually go into all the world. And that's why we've got that world word in our vision, mission statement, because there are so many worlds represented right here in this auditorium and those joining us online. We may, we, you know what? We may not be called to other countries, but guess what? We are called to cross the room. We are called to cross the road. We are called to go to the office next door or to the desk right next to us We are called to bring the life, hope, and purpose of Jesus into our world. God loves everyone. God wants everyone. And God sends everyone. So get ready, get ready, get ready. Because this is where it's going to get exciting. Oh, man, I'm so nervously pumped. (laughs) In my waiting on God, I'm... I, I'm, I'm a, when it comes to scriptures and quotes and ideas and everything, I'm a magpie. When, I, when a scripture jumps out on the page, it gets all shiny and my magpie comes out and I go, ooh, that'll preach. And I glue things into, I got this thing. I probably need to double the memory of this. I've got so many preaching sets of notes in here. But in my preparation for today, God took me to a verse, which just, it, it became very shiny. And I grabbed it very quick, like a really, really excited magpie. But then I started to read it over and over and over and over. And it stopped being shiny and it turned into raw nuclear power. Let me read it to you. Joshua chapter 3, verse 5, out of the New American Standard Bible says this. Then Joshua said to the people, consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do miracles among you. Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do miracles among you. Now, a little bit of context, a little bit of background. The children of Israel have come to the Jordan River for the second time. Okay? Joshua is now the leader. Moses and Aaron are dead. Joshua is now the leader. Eleazar, Aaron's son, is now the high priest. And Joshua says to the people, Under the instruction of the word of the Lord, consecrate yourself for tomorrow the Lord will do miracles among you. Now, when we just read this as if we're just reading a book, it would be very simple for us to read it with this kind of mindset. Oh, great, God's going to do miracles as if he hadn't done any. But guess what? He absolutely had... He absolutely had miracles beyond comprehension. Fire, pillar of fire at day, pillar, uh, pillar of cloud at day, pillar of fire at night, manna from heaven, quail so deep it was like loin sort of somewhere between knee and waist deep, um, poisoned water healed, enough water to, to, to quench the thirst of over a million people out of a rock that Moses hit. I mean, he parted the Red Sea, you know, the plagues in Egypt, I mean, crazy miracles. However, here is the however, the generation standing at the Jordan River right there and then that God was speaking through through Joshua had only ever heard, had only ever heard of many of those miracles, of God's deliverance, of God's provision second time, standing in this place at the Jordan River, this generation, last time they stood in this place, they were younger than 20 years old. And if you want a reference for that, look, it's number 30, Numbers 32, verses 11 and 12. Quickly, Very quickly, the story, they get there the first time Moses sends the 12 spies into Canaan. 10 of them, 10 out of the 12 come back, go, oh, no go. And actually says, we were grasshoppers in our own eyes, and that's how they saw us too. And out of disobedience, they decided that and they moaned and they grizzled and they were really angry with Moses. And we're going to go back to Egypt. You brought us out here to die or to be killed. They disobeyed God. The punishment, the judgment was they spent 40 years running round and round and round the desert. And the scripture says that no one, 20 years old and older, would survive to come into the promised land. This generation had only heard of Kamua Kamuri. They'd only heard of what had happened in the past and now they are standing 40 years later about to step into the promise that God has for them. Now God was going to do miracles in their lifetime that had not happened in their parents' lifetime. What we've done for the last two weeks is to share with you to remind you of the miracles that have happened and that have happened and now. And uh, uh, my, my, is there any, a bit of confession time? Is there anyone else here that would really like God to just dial up the instant when it comes to miracles? You know, just add water, boom. <laughs> you, know, you know, the Holy Spirit's described as living water, his word is living. You know, just kind of just like three seconds on the microwave, beep, beep, bunk, boom bag of popcorn yeah it, it, he can but he doesn't usually he can he's sovereign but you know what one of the things that is so profound about vision and journey is the growth that happens on the journey the faith that is established the the sanctification the, the getting closer to god that happens on the journey and you know what? I have grown. I have grown and grown and grown, and I know Sue's. You know she she said our, our, that we have endeavoured to say to God right throughout our married life, and Lord, wherever, whatever, whenever. But guess what? Sometimes in the wherever, whatever, and whenever, it ain't all rainbows and unicorns. It's not even sprinkles and fizzy pop. You know, it's like mouldy porridge and stinking mud sometimes. But I tell you what, in this journey, I have learned that sometimes there's a lot of health qualities in the mud. That's why people pay ridiculous amounts to lay there and get slivered in it. No, (laughs) there is journey, there there is joy, there is growth, there is strength in the journey. But here's the kicker when it comes to journey. Isaiah 119, if you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good things of the land. Don't disqualify yourselves too soon when the going gets tough. But employ the second half of that saying. When the going gets tough, the tough get going. When I look back at God's goodness and faithfulness during the past seasons of my life and the past seasons of this church, this is my, for those of you who don't know, this is actually my third time in this church. So I first came back in 1983 when I left home and joined the Air Force And I did three tours of duty at Woodburn, and each time I came back. And and so I've been back in this church since the 1st of January, 1988. So I've seen some changes. I've seen some people come and go. And we've seen some changes, and we've seen some people come and go in in the years that we've been leading the church. But if there's one thing I've learned, and I'm sure there are people all over this auditorium who can testify this, if you are willing and obedient to the call of God, you will eat the fruit of the land. For this current generation to hear the proclamation, this is the Joshua's group, for this current generation to hear the proclamation from God through Joshua that the Lord will do miracles among you, it stirred something in their spirits. But I want, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to get up here and I, I, I want to say it to you guys this morning. This is how much is burning in my heart. Consecrate yourselves, for the Lord is going to do miracles among you. Consecrate yourselves, for the Lord is going to do miracles among you if you're willing and obedient to his call. It doesn't matter what's in front of us, because when we hear the word of God, oh, thank you, Jesus. So what is ahead of us? Well, if God is saying he's going to do miracles amongst us, to any is, then here's a list of miracles that I sat down and said, God, what do these miracles look like? And here they are. Salvations, healings, deliverances, restorations, provision, reconciliations, breakthroughs, making way where there seems no way. Let me read them again for you. Salvations, healing, deliverances, restorations, provision, reconciliations, breakthrough, making way where there seems no way. And I'm going to add one more to the end of that. Expansion. You may ask, how can I list them like this? Like, how can I make a list like this? Because guess what? Kamua kamuri. I look back, and he's done it all before. And he can do it again. But for some, it will be brand new, because you weren't around when it happened before. But you're here now! And you are going to be here, prophetically, as long as this doesn't terrify you. (laughs) Even if it does, <laughs> using the name Elam as an acronym, the future, our journey ahead, is covered this way. E stands for encounter. This is a house of the whole of Holy Spirit encounter. God is just oh, God just doesn't want to be studied. He wants to be known. He wants us to know him and to make him known. L stands for love. Love God. Love others. There's your job description. Love God, love others. If you have no idea what God has on your life or has for you to do, there it is right there. Love God, love others. And it's not going to look the same for everyone on how to love others. But we minister to God and we minister into the house of faith and we minister out into our worlds because in Elam, everyone is a minister. Not everyone's a pastor, but everyone's a minister. So E is encounter, L is love, I is intentionality. We are intentional about God's Word. We are intentional about being a welcoming and nurturing church. Guess what? Every one of you is on the welcoming team. That means next Sunday we want 300 people at the door. (laughs) No, we don't. No, we don't. We actually want people to get in the door. (laughs) But every one of you, you start welcoming the minute you get out of your car. If you encounter someone in the car park, and that welcome doesn't stop until you get in your car and drive home. It's every single part of Sunday, regardless of the age. We are intentional about connecting people to Jesus. We are intentional about our behavior, our words, our actions. Guess what, team? The spiritual climate of this house is everyone's responsibility. I know I can get pretty loud and pretty excited, and guess, but, but my battery has a limit too. It might be slightly larger than some, and it doubles when I have coffee. <laughs> but the spiritual atmosphere of this house is everyone's responsibility. So E is encounter, L is love, I is intentionality, and M is making disciples. And we all have a part to play in this. And as the church grows, we need to look at all of the aspects. I mean, I've so many people are saying, oh my goodness, the auditorium's getting full. How do we, where does expansion, where, how do we... These, you know what? They're really good questions, even if they're unfinished. They're really good questions. And so I want to tell you right now that as a leadership team, we are literally looking at the building. And uh, I've got some concept designs that uh, I'll explain in a minute. I'm not going to put them up this morning for the sake of time, but I've got concept designs on how to blow out the back wall of the foyer and, and make that bigger. I've got concept designs on how to blow this wall off here and create a whole new stage. All this floor down here is flat concrete, so we can I think we can put somewhere between 50 and 80 chairs down here. So that will make this a 470-something-seat auditorium. And you know, so there's... That I've got some designs, and so sometime in the near future, date to be confirmed, we're going to advertise, and we're going to have a dreaming night. And we want to invite you all, because I know that you pray for this house, and I know that God can give you visions and dreams, and, and so we're going to have a dreaming night. We're going to come together, and there'll be food and coffee for me, because <laughs> <laughs> I need coffee when I dream. And we're going to we'll put up those concept designs and, and, and we'll make them available, and bring your ideas on what the building could look like and bring your ideas on how do we do this? Because I tell you, since November last year, right through till about two weeks ago, I've had numerous people ringing me and texting me and talking to me and emailing me, and every single one of these text calls and emails have had the same thing. God's telling it's time to expand. What does that look like? Well, you know what? Do we go to multiple services? And here's a crazy kicker. Do we go to multiple services because the auditorium's too full? Or do we have to go to multiple services because there's no, room, no more room for the kids to expand? <laughs> Let me explain. Last week, we had 23 and Seekers. Shalani's getting somewhere between 40 and 50 kids out in Power Zone. We're getting 20 kids out. Is it 20? Out in Spark, something like that. That's like a third of the church. Keep having babies. Oh, did I say that? <laughs> oh, uh, eh? Oh, and the creche, the creche. The other Sunday we had nine babies in the creche. Here come the kids. Oh, I love the kids. So, you know, we got to look about all of this. How does the church work? How do we, how, you know, how do we all become involved? So in two weeks' time, Sunday the 10th of March, we've got our first one service for the year. Come on in, kids. We've got our first one service for the year and um, we're going to have a dream team sign up. So for the next two weeks, I want to encourage you all to just begin to pray and dream about the church and, and how you fit and where you fit and what you do. or what, Even if you don't know what you can do, come along and there'll be people and we can, we can have a dream team sign up in two weeks. What does the church look like during the week? Well, we've got connect groups, but we need more connect groups because you see only so much church can happen on a Sunday morning, so we need to meet in the middle of the week, and we've got a brand new thing that's starting this year, so we've got a couple of interns here, we've got this year, we've got Nahum, who's doing a level, we've got, we got Nahum, who's doing a level four year one inter- internship, Steph did that last year, she's doing level five, year two internship, and she's going to tell you a little bit about what is burning within. <laughs>
1: What is burning within? Um, so Tom's been talking about a journey and about discipleship, and that's really what's uh, burning within my heart, is to make the discipleship uh, journey more obvious, you know, the stepping stones that we have here at Elam more obvious, and also to put a few more stepping stones in. So we're calling this Next Steps, right? Right. <laughs> next steps, and it's focused on making the discipleship pathway at Elam more visible. It is a new ministry, and it will take form and shape largely by how we're taught through ELC, so I do not have all the answers right now, (laughs) okay? But what I do have is a picture of 10 uh, stepping stones on a pathway, and um, these stepping stones... Take us through a journey of no be do, no as in K-N-O-W. All right. So the first few steps in this no part of the of the, our discipleship journey obviously starts with salvation. And we've identified that here at Elam, one of the things we haven't been quite so good at is early discipleship between the altar call response and baptism. So that's an area that Next Steps is going to start work on. And if any of you are passionate about discipling new believers, I would love to talk to you. Um, And so we have salvation and defining our faith and baptism. And then one that we all know quite well, we hear about quite often, growth track. And this is where a lot of our new people who come to our church um, to discover whether Elam is for them or not um, join up and out of that um, comes the B part of our journey, the part where, where we learn how to be a loving community together. And so this involves the steps like um, Growth Track for starters, and then Connect Groups, and then Dream Team. And then there's another one we want to add later on, and that's Holy Spirit Baptism, because we all need to be released into those gifts that the Lord has for us. And that leads us into the do part of our journey, discipleship journey. And the next steps there are some that we're also pretty good at outreach through Super Kids, um, but we also have giving and some wellspring courses. And the reason for these is that as we journey in our discipleship, we've got a journey in surrendering our hearts to the Lord and surrendering. Those things that could be idols in our lives or those thought patterns that might be producing behaviour that isn't what he would have from us. And so that's all part of that discipleship journey. And the last step, servant leadership. And we're all leaders, whether you like it or not, we are actually all leaders in the way that we help others walk along with the Lord And so Next Steps is about lighting that path, bringing together those things that we're already doing, plus adding a few more, and just making that discipleship pathway more obvious for everybody and filling in a few next steps. (laughs) So I really pray and ask that you pray for us as we step out into this next step of setting up a new ministry, which is pretty freaky.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Thanks, Steph. I'll just stay on the handheld. Thanks, Mark. So we, we, look at, we look at our Sundays, we look at our complex, we look at the midweek, we look at what happens in the life of the church. But the other thing we need to remember is that we're also part of a movement. Very quickly, I'm not going to spend a lot of time going through this, but if you could put that picture up for us, please, Kieran. This, uh, this was the vision, a decorative vision that was released by our national leader and national leadership team at conference last year. And you can see up here, there's some pretty big things in there. For instance, 50 thriving churches in New Zealand, in Elam, in Australia, and the Pacific Islands. So currently there are 36 Elam churches in New Zealand. We want to see that grow to 50. And you'll you'll also see that we're wanting to, as an Elam movement, we're wanting to plant in the South Pacific and and across in our neighbours in Australia. Within New Zealand, the national vision is that we will have over 20,000 people attending Sunday services in the Elam. I think it's sitting around somewhere between eleven and 12,000 right now. And then over 1,000 baptisms a year across our nation. We helped with that last year in the beginning of this year. 30 last year and 10 at family camp, which is outstanding. And then we come across training and mobilizing church planters in New Zealand, Australia, Australia, and Pacific Islands. To partner with Elam Global now, Elam Global. See, whilst we are a, a movement of churches in our nation, Elam is also a global movement. There are something like four and a half thousand Elam churches around the around the globe, and so on any given Sunday, there's something like three hundred and fifty thousand people coming to worship the Lord in Elam church, which is pretty jolly exciting actually. And Elam New Zealand has a responsibility within the Elam Global for all of the Asia Pacific. So that's, like, that's from India right through across Asia down into the South Pacific. So it's a pretty big area. And then the, the last one there is to raise up a generation of leaders who are sold out for God. So whilst we have a, a local responsibility and a local mission and a local vision that's That's a smaller demographic of something that is national and international, which is really, really exciting. Okay, let's come back to that prophetic word from God. Joshua said to the people, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow. Worship team, could you please come? And Joshua said to the people, consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do miracles among you. We even want kids on our worship team. How's how's this young man here? 12 years old and he's leading us in worship from the drums. How good is that? Or 15? 12 or 15? Oh, 13 years old. (laughs) Don't steal the teens off a brand new teen. You're a legend, Sean. We love you, buddy. The key here, I mean, we could get all excited about he'll do miracles amongst us, but the key here is to consecrate. You see, If we only focus on the miracles without care or without intentionalities, we'll skip over our responsibility, and that responsibility is consecration. So what does that mean? It means to dedicate to, to devote to, to make holy. This is we consecrate ourselves to God. We consecrate our gifts, our talents, our talents, our dreams, our aspirations, Everything that we are going to offer God, and you know what? Yes, this also includes our finances. Everything that we are going to offer God, we consecrate it to Him. We devote it to Him. We make it holy to Him. Now, the reason the kids are in, as Amber already told you, we are going to go into an anointing time. But before we go into an anointing time to receive an empowerment from God, to re- before we receive something from God, we need to give Him something. We need to give Him Us, And so if we look at everything that we bring to God, our dreams, our visions, our hopes, our gifts, our talents, our treasures, even just our plain musings and wonderings, if we see each of them as a crown, the gifts that are on your life, maybe it's music, maybe it's art, maybe it's photography, maybe it's engineering, maybe it's medical, whatever, that gift that God has placed in your life is like a crown, And in the scriptures, it talks about people laying their crowns before God. And this song that the team are about to sing over us and then call us to become part of is called Crowns Down. And the team have intentionally put this together with a number of different languages that are represented in this church. We couldn't capture every language because we didn't have enough time. And it does help if you can sing. So, um... But we we have got a number of different languages in this song that is just a small representation of the nations that are represented in this church. Like I said, the song is called Crowns Down. And as they sing it, let the Holy Spirit come upon you.
1: taha to
0: kone